This seminar, entitled Spiritual Warfare and Church Planting, was recorded at the 2019 Pioneer Conference in Malaga. The speaker is Angela Kim. Well, welcome everyone. Thanks for coming to this session. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you and we ask for such an infilling of the Holy Spirit and power Lord, the subject that we're speaking on today is not always the nicest one, but it's one we need to deal with. And so, Father, I ask for you to do supernatural things in me in, and in our thinking, in my presentation. I want to ask, Lord, for such a fullness of your spirit and such a roar from the church, wherever we are, um, that we are the ones who have the power and that the enemy has no power over us. And so we come to you, Lord. We ask for protection. We ask for everything we need in this session, that we will leave fat in you, Lord, knowing who we are and going out to plunder hell wherever we go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right. So I come from Cape Town, based in Cambridge now but from Cape Town where I pioneered um, church plants cross-culturally. So it was cross-cultural in that it was different language, but also different color, totally different um, way of thinking, way of doing. Nothing could have prepared me for this because I'm South African and I went into a South African context and one thinks we all think alike. Surely we all think alike. And what a shock to find, even in one's own culture, we don't think alike. And so I had to learn how to overcome. It's also a culture where um, the demonic is in your face. You see it, you smell it, it's around you. And the shock for a semi-Westerner um, to walk into the sculpture was quite massive and having to learn how to overcome and stand. So it's with great pleasure that I speak to you today because I roar against the enemy. It, it, it really, we're the church. We're here today as the church and the church is triumphant. You re read the book of Revelation, we win. We've won and we win. And I, I want to start from that setting, really, of winners, winners in God. And so I do believe that church planting is one of the biggest forms of spiritual warfare that we can do. That's amazing, eh? Church planting. And so we go out and we don't sometimes even realize that where we put our feet we're beginning to plunder hell. When Jesus told his disciples to make, um, his apostles to make disciples of all nations, they responded by preaching the gospel and planting churches. Amazing. And this is what we are still doing, plundering the kingdom of darkness and seeing people saved. It's therefore no wonder we find ourselves on the battlefront on a daily basis. Listen, daily basis, not sometimes, it's a daily basis. Jesus has already won the war, but the battle on earth remains as we get to um, appropriate, put into place all that Jesus won on the cross for us. It's not a battle to see who will win, but to train us to push through at all times. It's not a battle to see who will win, but it's to train us to push through. God allows it. He's sovereign. He allows the battle. And he's saying, come on, come on, push through. Don't give up. Don't give up. And the battle gets hot. The battle gets very hot. Spiritual warfare must be seen as the normal experience. Normal. Say normal. normal. This isn't a, you know, people think you talk about spiritual warfare, it's a woo and the supernatural. And it's not. This is life. 
You don't have to be planting churches for this to be life. This is what we wake up to every single day. It's the normal experience of all obedient, maturing Christians. Satan resisted Jesus at every point when he was introducing the kingdom into the fallen world. We are now kingdom advances ourselves, so the demonic forces will fight us in the same way they fought Jesus. Jesus said, whatever I go through, you'll go through. So it's not a surprise, and yet it's such a surprise. Look what's happening, and why is it I'm a Christian, and everything should be good, and it's not so good. And we get such a shock because of these things happening. But it's normal. If you're growing in God, you're pushing against the enemy, and he is fierce. He is fierce. The apostles certainly didn't find it easy as they pioneered church plants in different areas. They had to fight all the way. Who fights here? Who's planting churches here? And who's finding it a big fight? (laughs) It's just a fight. It's a fight on a daily basis. It makes you tired. makes one so tired. Acts 14.2 says... We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. It like spells it out. The Bible spells it out all the time about the hardships. And yet we get a surprise. And we think we're different and so special that we shouldn't have hardships. If you don't, ask yourself, what am I doing that I'm just comfort zoning? Because God is so good, he allows us to comfort zone for a while. And then he, and then he says, no, now you're getting soft. Let me, come, let me allow him again. Um, because we get comfortable very quickly. Paul, the Apostle Paul, encountered spiritual warfare in every place he traveled. Say every. Every. Every place he traveled. And even for us coming here to Malaga now, um, we've come in to come in and go out. And the war is all around. I've had a few dreams uh, while being here, and it was definitely spiritual attacks, like warnings. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And it's quite scary, but I say, I dare. But it is. That is us. We dare. We dare. Because there's warnings all the time. We are on a rescue mission So we can expect enemy fire wherever we go. So spiritual warfare in church planting, that's two-prong. The one is we are advancing and coming against the kingdom of darkness. We are advancing. So we are the warfare people. But the attack against us, the other prong, is huge, And I want to address that one more than... We all know we're advancing the kingdom. But it's what happens as we advance the kingdom, which sometimes gives us the shock and wears us out. Um, we are on a rescue mission, so can expect, expect enemy fire wherever we go. It's par for the course. And part of the package deal we signed up for. But somehow when one does church plant, you go to a a church plant training, they don't actually tell you about the package deal that you've signed up for, which is spiritual warfare. And I think, especially in the West, it's not spoken about so often and in your face. Where I come from, the demonic is just there. You see it. And so we, we had supper with uh, the guy who spoke last evening, Jim. Is his name Jim? Yeah. And he, he lives in Spain, and he was saying how over Easter, this, the streets are full of effigies and people for miles carrying uh, Mary and so on on their shoulders, and he says you could feel the demonic crawling around. The whole atmosphere changes. And he said it's not a Catholic thing, because sometimes the Catholic church gets upset. It's more pagan. But he said for eight miles at a time are all these people carrying things and moaning and groaning. 
and uh, uh, drums beating till you want to go mad. And, um, and just the activities are so terrible. But he says about a week before the time, people go glazed. A week before the festivals, people go glazed who were normal before. Like the demonic has already come and taken them out. And then comes the processions. And then they have to work through after that, coming back to normal. And this is every year here in Malaga. I saw it on TV the other day. Yeah. And it's uh, wherever one goes, there is these things that happen that, um, that are just there. And we are the ones who come to actually push back the darkness. We're doing coal front. We're at the, right at the coal front. So all of us will have coal on our noses. All Christians are actually pioneers. You get people, I'm a pioneer, I love pushing through. Um, but in general, all, all um, uh, activity is, coal, is pioneering. Every single Christian. You don't have to be called a pioneer to actually be a pioneer. And so I, I say that to you because we always say, no, they're the pioneers and they do this and that. But it's about all of us in this together. And we all get coal on our noses as we push through. My job today is to make us aware of spiritual warfare and to give some pointers to how to live in the midst of it. But please, I ask you, if you've never spoken about this before or been in such a workshop... Please don't put your eyes on de the devil and demons and because I'm going to speak about that. But we've got to keep your eyes on God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because in the past, people put their eyes on demons and there's demons crawling all over and who's got demons and so on. And everything that went wrong was blamed on demons. Um, but we're supposed to see what's going on, lift our eyes and look to him. Yeah. Really keep your eyes on God. Um, otherwise, the pendulum swings, and we're all back into looking for demons, um, and we lose what God is doing with us. And even when you leave here, please, we are dealing with the enemy, and he will come and whisper and try to get your attention onto him and try to make you scared. Please look to Jesus. Please keep eyes on Jesus. Father God, I really ask for protection here. Because when one talks about these things, it's like uncovering darkness, dirt. It's not, e not an easy thing to speak on. And, uh, and so I ask for protection on us, Lord, that as I speak on these things, we will get more roaring for Jesus than eyes on the enemy. Please, Father. We need to be wise and aware of the wiles of the devil. And so often I feel we're not, you know, the Bible says we are aware. We're not unaware of the wiles of the devil. But sometimes we are unaware. It's a weird thing because we blame it on everybody else. That person did things to me. I'm cross with that one. And the church didn't. And the elders. And this. And, and it's like we've got to... Be aware of the wiles of the evil one to come in between us and what we're doing and not blame people. As soon as we start blaming people, we're putting our hands in the crispy hands of the enemy. Got to keep our eyes on Jesus. You can stop me and ask questions. I'm trying to get through things because I want some ministry as well. And we don't have lots and lots of time. So it's not about suddenly looking at demons and blaming everything on them and making them the focus of our day, which is their intention. Please look at us. Please look at us. Please look at us. Keep your eyes on us so that we lose our contact with Jesus. In the third world where I come from and where some of you maybe are planting into those kind of situations... Um, the demonic is in your face. 
you just see it. Um, and so one ad addresses it and deals with it. But in the first world, it's more hidden and much more slippery. So, so slippery. So coming from so where I was and pioneered these church plants, I would go into the township, and I mean, there was witch doctors all over, Sangomas, and they would see me, and they'd come to me and go, in my face, you know? And uh, at f when you don't, at first you go, ooh, because it seems so potent. And then you've got to build yourself up in God again and speak in your head. you really got to know who you are in God when you come up against full-on witchcraft like that and speak faith into yourself. And so at times I would uh, come back to my car and there would be powders around my car and water sprinkled. And I would think, oh, <laughs> somebody has come to put a curse on me. And you know, for a split second, there is the, <gasps> because it's, this is evil forces. It's not to be messed with. We can't get big shot about it. We need Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I knew that I worked in a shack area, corrugated iron shacks. And I knew that everybody was at their windows, peeping to see what's going to happen when she gets in the car. And I'm thinking, oh, this is something. And it's very real. It's not, I thought, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm. It's like, oh. And then, no, 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 no. And I get in my car and I turn on the ignition. And as I drive away, I wave to everybody to say, I'm still alive. <laughs> and you see the gospel then. What the enemy wants to frighten me, but the gospel then goes out. And people get saved because she didn't die. She didn't. It's very real. It's, when it's so in your face, it's, it's very real, and you learn to cope with it. But then um, while I was still in the townships, a very nice town, Lewis, in East Sussex in England, very nice, very nice indeed. They asked me just to come over to help them with their evangelism for a little while. So I'd heard all about, um, well, this witchcraft in Lewis as well, apparently, and, you know, um, with the Downs Bible, the Do Downs Bible, look at me, Downs Bible week, the Downs and the, da the Downs and the Dales up north, all the mountains and hills and so on. And apparently the witches get there and they, the covens and they pray and want all Christians wrecked and so this is This is in the nice England. Yeah. So I walk, now I'm the foreigner in, and I'm walking down the pavement and I say to God, so what does a witch look like? I know what a Sangoma looks like, but what does a witch look like? And I'm minding my own business, and at that point, this wonderful Mercedes-Benz comes and stops next to me, and out gets this woman with the most beautiful hair, with the most beautiful clothes, obviously very wealthy. And, and she got out, and I felt the Spirit say to me, there's one. And I got quite a surprise because she wasn't normal. And, but as she came near me, we looked at each other, and my hackles went, and I knew so did hers. And God just showed me that people look very normal. People can look very normal and yet be dealing with things. Um, and one bookshop I went into, into, in Lewis, in this very nice town in England, and I walked into a normal bookshop. And as I was looking through the books, I felt like I couldn't breathe. It must be what, what an people feel like when they have an asthmatic attack or whatever. And I felt I couldn't breathe. I had to get out of the shop. And I said to God, what's that? He says, they're doing things in the back room. I think, And you see, we're the church, and we're going past these places. We've got to ask God to give us discernment on what is going on where we are putting our feet. 
because everything looks nice. Doesn't mean it is nice. The same devil who in the, the third world messes everything up, it's the same devil who is messing everything up in the West or in Jordan, Amman in Jordan, or wherever a church is being planted. It's the same. It's the same um, devil who's busy there, but we've got the same God as well. Amen. Father, again, I ask for protection on all of us, that no fear comes on us, that we don't go looking in every bookshop to see, is it this? <laughs> but but I, I'm, I'm, it is funny, but I'm very serious. We've got to be so careful now when we talk on these things, because this is normal life that's going on, um, and to just be aware and uh, pray in tongues. If you feel something, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Use your heavenly language. You know, in my day, churches split over the gift of tongues and all that. And I come from a very good Baptist church, and we split because we started speaking in tongues. And nowadays, people think, well, I do speak in tongues, but maybe once a month. And I think, churches split over the power of the Holy Spirit in our day. And it's like, come on, younger people, pray in tongues. It builds you up. And it's like it gives you wisdom and knowledge and prophecy all comes from that, you know. We've got to use these gifts because that is what helps us when we are in these demonic places. You know, the church may not always be aware of spiritual forces, but the world is, and they are so hungry. The world is hungry for the supernatural because, you know, there's a God has built something in here that people aren't complete until they get to know him. And what happens is they go for Ouija boards and tarot cards and um, all these stuff. We have our fortunes told and so on. And, um, and people are hungry for it, so they go after that because the church, we as the church, we're not really giving them the supernatural side of life. Would you agree? Yes. It's like we're too scared. What are they going to say? They are so attracted to the supernatural. They are so attracted, but not if we get weird. You've got to be normal, as normal as you can be. (laughs) But we've got to be normal, but show them a different way. Because we've got that about us. The Bible's full of that. We like the book of Acts. They did very interesting things there. They flew from one place to another, Philip. He just was transported. Handkerchiefs that touched people and they were healed. It's like, come on, church, this is who we are. This comes against the wiles of the enemy. And so when you're planting a church, that should be in your genes, in in the foundation of your church plant, is actually making people aware of signs and wonders, making the team aware, this is what we do. We preach the gospel because people must be saved, but we also heal the sick. We're not responsible for their healing, but we're certainly going to give it a go to see what God will do. And we bring prophetic words right into business. We don't say, I feel God has said, but we can just give wisdom. And they say, how did you know? How did you know? But it all comes from being totally aware of this package deal that God has given us when we plant churches. It's it's the fullness of the gospel, not just the words of our mouth, but also our actions. I know I'm speaking to the converted here. You know all this, but I want to stir you with it. You know, we can know things and we can all sit and know things because we all taught so well. But I think the thing that bothers me is especially in a movement like New Frontiers, we are so well taught, extremely well taught. And I can't emphasize that more. And also for you, Clyde, where you come from, you are so well taught. But why isn't more happening then? There's some. Why isn't more happening when we are so well taught? Because we, are so, we just take it in here 
and we nod and yes, another good sermon, this one preached well and that one. And we think because we know it, we're doing it. And the enemy crushes people because we're the ones with the supernatural gifting. So that's what I want to stir here today. It's come on, we've got this package deal of supernatural abilities. I wouldn't have been able to last for 20 years in my cross-cultural setting, which was so scary. It was against the law in South Africa for me to do what I was doing because it was apartheid. Black and white couldn't mix. It was so out of my comfort zone. Oh, it was so out of my comfort zone. So dangerous, so demonic, so everything. People would go to the phone booth and phone me with their last money to say, Angela, will you come? There are baboons jumping on the roofs of our shacks as we pray. So I would get there and I would see the baboons in the name of Jesus. Go. It was demons manifesting as baboons to make a noise so that the prayer meeting stop. I'm not trained for that. <laughs> I like to shop at M&S, you know, or Woolworths in South Africa, which is the same as M&S, not English Woolworths. Very nice Woolworths. But that kind of thing. And here, I, I, here I'm speaking to baboons and being phoned as the white person there's these baboons. But our people saw the power. Because you don't only get people saved, you give them. You tell them about the power of the gospel. The power to change things. The power to walk on pavements. And pray and see things changed. Are you with me? You're right. Okay. People are aware of the supernatural. The need is for us to be naturally supernatural. Please go, you know, when you go and plant a church, let me backtrack, when you're in your own comfort zone church, people know who you are, whether you prophesy or whether you're able to speak out in the front or they know. And so it's very scary when you do get a prophetic word and you've never brought one to go and bring one because they say, ooh, someone's Hugh, did you see he brought a word today? Yeah. And so we all know each other so well that it actually becomes a, a, a blockage to us because we don't want to step out and have people look at us. When you go and plant the church, you go where nobody knows you. You can be who you're supposed to be and start the ball rolling from who you want to be and what you want to project more than who you were in your home base. Does that make sense? What an opportunity to be able to start with the prophetic, to start with words of knowledge, to start with praying for people, because the people aren't used to you doing that. They don't know you, and they think you always do that. So what an opportunity. Even if you just, in your own country, go from one church to another, please go. And when you join the next church, go with the mindset of, I'm going to do what I didn't do in my church because they don't know me here. You just see, be wise. Work, work on yourself to bring everything that you've got for the sake of the kingdom and for the unsaved. I'm passionate about the unsaved. The church is the answer through Jesus for the unsaved. It's nice for us to gather like this, but this is not natural. We can only last for a little while, then we're going to start irritating each other. Because we are made for the world. We really are made for the world. So people are very aware of the supernatural, Ouija boards, tarot cards, all those kind of witchcraft things. And these, these negative things fraudulently imitate the real things. So these things from the enemy stand in place of the real things that God has given us to do. And because we're not doing the real things, people are attracted to the funny things. 
Yeah? And then what do we do as Christians? We point a finger at them. There's another shop selling those things. Look at this. Look at that. There's the Ouija board, and look at the tarot cards. And I know I've done it, and I do it still. I've got to watch myself from finger-pointing at caravans, and there's somebody with a sign, uh, tarot cards read, and I think, oh, yes, you know. But I'm learning to say, Father, will you bless them? Bless them and let somebody come along and see them saved. We've got to change our way of pointing finger because we, we, we quote John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he loves people. And then it goes on to say, Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world. What do we do? Look at those shops. Look at those people. Look at those. Look at those fortune tellers. Look, look, look. But Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. So if we are doing this, God is saying, so what are you doing then? Why are you allowing the darkness to penetrate your city, your town, your church plant? What are you doing? That's a tough one, eh? I'm South African. We just say it like it is. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. There you see, he's Canadian. He says, I must go for it. <laughs> the need is for us to be properly and naturally supernatural and give the world all we have. Really, we've got a, this huge power to give away. And you might think you don't have it. But if you're born again, he lives in you. And if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and have that supernatural power, we've got salvation power, but then he comes and he just gives us this, oh, this roar of power. We'll pray with you. It's very essential to be prayed for, for this power to break through. So that when you go back into your situations and church plants, you go back. So fat in your spirit in him. This is what this whole conference should be to make us fat in our spirit. I loved hearing Paul speak this morning. Um, We could have just sat and listened all day as he put things in place so clearly. Wonderful. And he's made us fat in our spirit. But we've got to put it in place. We can't just make notes and then Add it to more notes and add it to more notes. We've got lots of books of notes. But we need stories about things being done. Because that is what spiritual warfare is. is putting into practice what you hear at these places. So when you wake up in the morning and you say, Morning Lord, that's spiritual warfare. Yep. When you pick up the Bible to read it, that is spiritual warfare. And nowadays I find, I ask people where I speak, um, how often do you read the Bible? Well, once a month, mate. You think, oh, because people are reading blogs and books and, and not the Bible. And if the enemy can get us away from the Bible, I'd rather have the Bible than somebody else's words. And, and I read books and I read blogs, but I also read the Bible. Because that's spiritual warfare. The seven sons of Sceva. So they saw the apostles in the name of Jesus and the demons left. So they gave it a go. But they didn't know Jesus. So they thought the power was in the magic, in the name. But it's in the person. Or in the name of Jesus. And where we walk, you know, no demon will enter this room at this moment. They'd be very cross, but they won't enter this room because the power from this room is so great. If we knew the power that we exude, that comes off us, even if you haven't read your Bible, or, you know, but it is, it's not legalistic, I must. It is, um, you know, I must read the Bible or Jesus won't be interested in me. That's not true. I read the Bible because I'm so interested in him and for the sake of the world and then for me to change. Um, But the enemy tries to uh, stop us from all these things. He tries to blind us. 
And when one is planting church, you get so sidetracked in all issues so that it takes one away from actually getting to know God more, reading the Bible, and asking him, what must I do now? What must I do? So be careful of going to church plant, and you think, well, they laid hands on me in my home church, and I've got this team I must look after, and, uh, and therefore I've got to make them happy, and I've got to... You sent out to get in touch with God to say, what must I do now? Lord, what do I do now? Because quite honestly, not one of us know what we're doing. Amen. Can I say that to you? Can I lift a burden off your shoulders? If you know what you're doing, get back to God. Yeah. Really? I, I really mean that. If you think, oh, well, I know what I'm doing. Like, get back to God and say, Lord, I do know what I'm doing, but Father, you've got to come. It's this total dependence on a daily basis on him. So the seven sons of Sceva, that power was in, in the person. And we've got the person of Jesus. He's just with us. We carry him wherever we go. So I go, I travel lots, and I say, Father, okay, I've brought you here. Now I'm standing here, and I'm a door opener, and I will talk, and I'll wait to see what you will do. It's not, what is Angela going to do? I can't do anything. Do you see the difference? Yeah. It's like, I've brought him, I've carried him to Malaga. And it's to see, right? So what are you going to do? Lord, I'm watching, what are you going to do? And sometimes I can disappear because everybody's so busy with the Lord because he just does whatever. And I can go because I'm not needed. There's, that's something to think about. Eh? At last year's Courage Conference, which is a relational mission leadership conference, we had Mike Pilavachi speak to us. And good grief, he said a few things, and then the Holy Spirit came, and what a mess. <laughs> Chaos. There were demons shrieking and people being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and there was so much going on. And then I looked. Where's Mike Pilavati? He'd gone home. <laughs> and I thought, I like that. He, his anointing caused things to happen, and then he went home because he wasn't needed. He left us to mop up the mess, you know. <laughs> but, that, but, but that's how you train. Ephesians 4, preparing God's people for works of service, not showing what we can do. We know what we can do. Now you can do it. If we can do it, you can do it. And be careful how you speak to or about the demonic. Be careful that you don't run the demonic down. Be careful that you don't say, hey, who do you think you are? Who do you think? I belong to God, and who are you? You are nothing. Be careful, because even the archangel Michael, when he came against the demonic, he said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. It's not for us to run the demonic down. It's the Lord. In the name of the Lord, we say, Father, get him. Father, get him. It's not me. Get him. So we could be careful what we say and how we speak to the demonic um, because that's God's business. Does it make sense? Is that okay? Yeah, just keeping us safe. Otherwise we get all um, silly about it and then we open ourselves up to warfare against us. And we've got to keep our doors closed all the time and not open our doors in arrogance. I'm a Christian. I can go wherever I want. You know, the, the, the world will wherever I put my feet, God's going to give me the land. But unless God told you he's going to give you the land, don't go beyond your sphere of influence. I'll, I'll give you an example there. So ministering in the township, getting people saved, and so on and so on, and fighting injustice uh, against apartheid. Um, one of my uh, mamas from the township and I were going into shacks, seeing that everybody was all right. And somebody came to call us and said, will you please come to one of the, the, the houses? Because 
there's somebody spontaneously combusting. Uh, that is, it's like the insides start to melt, explode, and the smoke comes out of ears and nose and so on, uh, which is demonic. And then people die, and then the doctors will say it's a heart attack or whatever. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> but uh, of course, we heard someone's in trouble. So Mama Peggy and I, off we go to the shack. In we go, the smoke coming out. And in the name of Jesus, no, stop. We speak life over you, not death, and so on. And then it went, and we gave the gospel to the person, and they got saved. And we were very happy. Well, for about three, four days after, was I in my head. The voices came against me, I'll kill you, and so and the dreams. And, and it wasn't a, 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 I felt worn out. And I went to God and I said, what happened there? And he said, you didn't ask me whether you could go there. And I learned a huge lesson. It's not that he didn't want, because after that we were called in various places. But you know, it's the, somebody just calls. Come and be there. Doesn't mean you must go. Stop and ask God. Must I go? Because it could be a trap. Do you see? And I, I opened myself up and Mama Peggy to the wiles of the enemy beating us up in our minds. And, um, and I learned a lesson. But you see, God allows it so we can learn these lessons. Are you all all right still? Father God, I ask. This is big things. I ask, Lord, for protection on us that nobody gets scared or silly here. We're not a silly people. We don't get silly about these things. But I want you to see how protective God is and how he allows some things, but it's all to help us into the more that he has for us. Let me skip some stuff. God is sovereign in the midst of evil. And so if you think David and Goliath. And so I look at David and Goliath, little David and big Goliath, and he was so confident. Who are you, uncircumcised Philistine, that you come against the armies of the living God? And then he said, I fought the lion and the bear. I can fight you. And when I thought about it, if you think David, when he was nine, ten years old, he was alone on the mountain with the sheep, this little boy. And um, our wonderful, kind, loving, generous Heavenly Father sent a lion <laughs> and a bear, or allowed, to come to little David. That's like, oh, can you imagine this little boy all alone? And the lion and the bear comes. And you think, what kind of heavenly father is that? But you know what? The heavenly father knew that Goliath was coming. Yes. And so he, he actually built something into little David, the Holy Spirit in him. He was aware of the father. And he tore the lion and the bear apart. Because God had put enough in him to overcome and as church planters, and no matter who you are, whatever you're going through, and Christianity is suffering, you suffer. But you know, God allows it to build muscle into us because he knows what's coming. I knew Dave and Liz Holden when their hair was different color. Yeah? From the 1980s, before some of you were born. And they were... Just powerful, ordinary people. They didn't know that they were going to lead a whole apostolic sphere at some point. And so they've been through their troubles to build muscle. And you see, our Father only allows things to happen to us where he's saying, come on, come on, Mike, I've put enough in you to push through. He's saying, push through. We say, Lord, get me out of this. Get me out of this. 
He's saying, no, push through. So when I go back to my home church in Cape Town and I see all the cultures sitting there, when I was there, it was white. And then bringing in people of different colors, it was so difficult. I would cry, oh, I don't want to do this, get me out. You know, it's like God takes my head and says, Aren't you glad I didn't listen to you? Do you see? I would go and cry on the side of Table Mountain. Nobody likes me because I'm crossing these boundaries. Oh, Father. And he would say, just do what I say. It wasn't there, there. But I knew he was saying, I've put enough in you. Stand up and do it again. Church planters, stand up and do it again. Go again and again and again because he's put enough in you to last the course. Really, he's put enough in. He's a good, good father. So by the time David fought Goliath, he'd been, he's got muscles. So Psalm 18 says, with my God, I can jump a wall. With my, my God has trained my arm for battle. I can bend a bow of bronze, and so on and so on, because David, from small, had been trained by God. And you see, all of you who are planting churches, you've been trained by God for such a time as this. There's enough in you to last and to walk the streets and pray and call on him. Would you like another story? You like stories. So I also heard in the townships that there were five men and they were bullies um, and they'd gone to the witch doctor to pay the witch doctor to get Muti medicine, which they put on a plaster under the T-shirt because they said, I'm too powerful and they want my power. So they would have to come near me to, and then as they put this medicine on and rub near me, my power, I would die, and my power would go to them. So being in the townships, God allowed that I heard people would come and tell me what's happening. And so once you know what's happening, as a Christian, you've got to do something about it. Because everybody's looking to see, what is Angela going to do now? So the non-Christians are looking for, ha, now we've got her. And the Christians are looking, is she scared? Is she scared? What are we, let's see. Because there's this toying with the power. You toy, when you plant cross-culturally in other nations, you, you, you're coming against their demonic things, which might be different from your own home uh, nation. And I heard it and I thought, oh, no, it's not, yay. It's like, oh. Not again, because it is scary. You, you don't mess with it. But I knew I've got to do something. So I asked another uh, a friend of mine from the township, come with me and we'll have a meeting with these men. And you see, I can come home to my nice white house, but I'm leaving my friend in the township, so who's taking a bigger chance than me. And uh, anyway, we went and I said to the men, I'd like to meet with you. And I said, I believe you've paid the Sangoma to put a curse on me, uh, witchcraft. No, we'll never do that to you. And I said, so what's this? And I touched it. And you know what they said to me? And they lifted the T-shirt and they pulled off the medicine and they said, you're not scared of it. It only works when one is scared. And I say the story to you, please don't be scared of witchcraft and the demonic because you, it only works. Witchcraft and the demonic works through fear. And they said, you're not scared. We can't do anything with you. You're not scared. Our power, there's no power. We, we wasted our money. And so I said, well, this power only comes from Jesus. You must be born again. Um, And so it's it's a very real thing, this. You may not be in my kind of situations, but it's the same things going on hidden. People say things, people curse you under their breath, whatever, whatever. 
and it has the same kind of hold on people, um, don't be scared. Even if you've heard stories that somebody's coming to get you, just say, Father, help. Father, help. And be strong. Be courageous. We people of courage. But the, the devil can't harm you unless you open the door. Is that all right? Are you shocked, all of you? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Keep your communication line open with God. We are whole, called to hold our ground. You know, it gets tough. Stand. You do, please don't shout at the devil. Don't shout at the... Call on God. Let God do the dealings, please. So in our area, when there was lots of rapes and murders, it was called a place of blood. So every few months, somebody needed to die there. And, um, and we didn't go and chase the demons. We marched around and we sang every victory song we can. I love celebratory songs. We are, we are God's people. And as we sang, the death stopped. We didn't come against the enemy. Enemy, in the name of Jesus, you must go. We sang the victory. Sing victory in some of the Western worlds or wherever. You can't go singing on the pavements. Well, maybe you can, but sing in your head. Don't put your eyes on the devil. Sing. Sing to God. Um, and you will find that something changes. Sing as much as you can. Worship. Worship and worship. No matter how bad things get, worship and lift his name up and watch your spirit rise. Let him do the warfare. So we are called to hold our ground. We have to live in Christ we have to live by faith, please. Father, I want to ask for a gift of faith here beyond what anybody's got in this room. The next stage. Really, Father, uh, this is a big deal you've done, putting us even as spheres together. It's a whole new season, and therefore there's new things God wants to do. Father, give faith beyond where all of us, me, all of us are. Um, to believe you for the impossible, Father. Please, in Jesus' name. Use the word as defense. Know the Bible and speak verses in your head. And so when people came against me of, who do you think you are? In my head, I would say, I'm a child of God. Have you read Ephesians 1 lately? I've been chosen before time. And I speak to myself to build myself up. Really, it came across quite a few times uh, this weekend, identity. Identity is what the enemy tries to steal of us. Read Ephesians 1 and 2. Know it almost off by heart. We are, we've already been given every spiritual blessing. Yeah, but I'm waiting for more, Lord. And it's like, I don't have enough. More orphany than... But it's, I'm greedy. You've given me lots, Lord, and I've tasted. Now give me more. There's a whole different way of asking for the more because he's given us everything already in heavenly places. We are so blessed. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. So we're above the demonic anyway. It's like, but we've got to know it in our nowhere. We've got to know, we've got to know, we've got to know. Father, I want to ask that we will know today. We will know the power in us. The only way Christians can stand up and win is by using the power of God. We've got nothing in ourselves. It's all about him. My eyes are on him. You better do your work, Lord. Better do your work. I'm, do, I'm playing my part, Lord. My eyes are on you. That, that must be our way of... Well, you don't speak like me, that's how I would speak to God, but you may have your own way, but it's like, come on, Lord, you said, hold the Bible to him and say, look, this is in the scripture, you said, what are you going to do, instead of being all nice, and well, I'll wait to see what he will do, do a bit of cut and thrust with him, I think he just, he loves it, he loves us to take the Bible and hold him to his word, 
He loves it because it builds power and confidence and faith. Submission to the kingship of Christ. He's everything. Drawing on his power. I can do all things through Christ. Without him, I can do nothing. It's not, well, I'm so trained now that I can just go. It's not like that at all. It is, well, I am trained, but oh, my word, Lord, I need you. I need you to make my training come to life. Never lose your dependence on God. We've got to win the battle in our hearts. It's a hard thing. It's there to there. Because we can believe in there and still hear it's here, but for someone else and not for me. Because who am I? And if you say to yourself, who am I? You've got to go to Ephesians 1. I'm a child of God. You've got to speak it and speak it and speak it until you really believe it. We've got to maintain our spiritual walk. Check yourself every day how you are with God. Know your authority through Jesus. I suppose because I came against so much enemy things, oh, I know who I am in God. I've got other issues I battle with, but in God, oh my word, I know who I am. And, and really, that is the power to know, and the enemy must run. Tell people if you're battling. Tell people if, if there's warfare against you that you're not coping with. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell others and get them to pray for and with you. Pray and read scripture. You will face opposition, challenges, obstacles, and discouragement. You will face that. Not maybe. You will. And you'll want to quit. Oh, my word, in my mind, I packed my case many times in my head. But I couldn't because... I gave the gospel to people. And so I had to be the model of what I was talking. If I suddenly just disappeared, what am I saying about Jesus to them? And so um, you'll want to quit. Sometimes, say a church plant goes a bit funny and you've got to go home. Don't think of it as quitting. Think of it as, I was obedient. God, you know, Jesus builds a church. If the church plant doesn't work, don't beat yourself up, please. Get some healing, but then say, I obeyed. We're going to get jewels for obedience, not the end product. The end product belongs to Jesus. Only he can build a church. Only he can heal the sick. Only he can save. Only he can raise the dead. Only he. But we're going to get those jewels for obedience. I stepped out and I gave it a go. Yeah? Jesus' job is to build the church. Our job is to follow the Spirit. Ask Jesus to show you what to do. Be obedient. The outcome belongs to God. We can't heal a single person. We can't drive out a single demon. We can't do anything but He. But He can. Beware distractions and red herrings like me going off to pray with somebody who's internally combusting. Be careful that something doesn't come along that looks like God, and it's not, to get you off track. As things come, say, Father, is this you? Is this you? If someone invites you, say, Father, is this you? If it's going to take you away from your congregation, for a while, is this you, Lord? Don't just do things because it looks nice. Because red herrings, they all shiny in the water and they look so good. But they take us away from what God wants for us. The boring bits will make you feel, be careful of the boring bits. Protect yourself. And life can be very boring and mundane when you're doing the same thing. Sing and keep in touch with God to keep your feet firm. Temptations will come. Please, guys, temptations will come. Watch the, be careful of the internet or whatever. Be careful because the temptations will get fiery. And so I spoke to somebody who said, well, I work so hard at church planting that when I go home, I go onto the internet into pornography because it's my way of chilling out. And I really feel God doesn't mind. It's like, 
do you see the deception? We must be very careful. And it's not only pornography, there's all kinds of things to take our eyes off, off Jesus. Mental battles. The mental battles is amazing. Um, that it's like suddenly, do you really believe this? This is not going to work. This will never work. Do you really believe it? And you've got to say, Father, did you say? So if you're going to plant a church, know that there's a word that you can go back to when you're feeling down. He said, on such and such a date, he said. And then you go back to that. So I'm going to end with, so we were in the Netherlands. I do like the Netherlands very much. And, um, and in this very nice house, very, very nice house, lovely people, went to bed that night in this very nice house, woke up, and the room was ice cold, what I call hell cold, because all life is gone. And I thought, oh. And I didn't open my eyes, but with spiritual eyes, I saw this massive demonic thing and it bent over and it whispered in my ear this is about two years ago whispered in my ear get out of the Netherlands and don't come back or we'll kill you you know for a moment your heart goes and then I just said no I've seen you before because I've this has happened before and I turned and I went to sleep well I went back to the Netherlands. But do you see? It's where, when there's warnings, don't come back to Brooklyn, don't do this. Get yourself built up and go back. Don't be frightened. It's meant, it uses mental things. Don't be frightened of the enemy saying to you, we'll kill you, or we'll get your family. And you see, you can kill me, but don't touch my family. And he uses things like that. Father, I'm terrified. Look after my family. Do you see? We must be very aware of his wiles. And no matter how scary, go to him. Father, Father, my eyes are on you. I trust you. I trust you. My hope is in you. And then you go back and you think, wow, people are getting saved. Wow, look at the change here. Yeah? And always remember, no matter what happens, whether the enemy comes to whisper in you, God has allowed it. There's a one. God has a, he's sovereign, isn't he? Yeah. Is he sovereign when he's, everything's nice and not when the demon is speaking in your ear? Or is he sovereign and has allowed it to say, come on, come on, I'm preparing you. There's going to be bigger things along the way. If you overcome this one, the other one, the Goliaths are going to be as nothing. People opposing your good work. Yes, you need to go. God bless, eh? Thank you. Right. People opposing your good work. You will have that. You're not doing... And can often be other Christians. You're not doing good enough. You haven't grown enough. Why haven't you? Or you sit in a, in a conference like this and hearing, like um, Phil Whittle said, hearing about other church plants and they've got this lovely alphas and they... And, and the enemy says, yeah, and what about you? You're a nobody. You'll never get anything right to say, no, I've been sent. I will grow at the pace that God has apportioned before time. He prepared good works for us to do, and I'm going to do them. And he's going to get the bonuses. He gets the people saved, and he, if he takes five years, he is slow. I tell the Lord he's slow. You're so slow, Lord. And he says, yes, but you must remember I'm slow to get angry too. So, Father, I want to pray for this bunch of people. I want to ask, Father, for a whole new way of looking at themselves as people of courage and boldness and power and power that the enemy is frightened out of his wits for one person. One person with God is mightier than an army of 10,000. One person who, who battles, one person with issues, one person who hasn't got it all sorted is mightier than an army of 10,000. Father God, will you come and do something in this room today to change us, that we will get a roaring mentality 
not on the enemy, but roaring for you, Lord, and grow in you and see many, many, many people saved. I want to break any hold on plateauing here, whether it is in church plants or in one's life or what. I break any plateauing hold that the enemy has got hold of any minds here in the name of Jesus and set you free. I want you on your feet, please. We've got about two minutes. Father God, I want you to go to people, that, or three people, three that, who you don't know, not your own people, and even if you don't know all the language, go and find two other people to pray with. And I want you to put your hand on their head. Yeah? And I don't want you to look for demons, because there's no demons here. But I want you to be able to hear your own voice saying, Father, will you bring healing of the mind? Will you break any strongholds in thinking? And will you give courage and breakthrough in the name of Jesus? Will you do that? One, two, three, go. (coughs) 